Uh, and we are streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And who knows, Maestro might decide to put us on something we've never been on before. Which I have no idea what that would be, because I think we stream most of the time on everything out there. In China, and you know, I, I, I'm concerned about China to a degree, because China intends, or they seem to want to intend, that they're going to be some sort of a, an, an opponent at some point. Were you about to tell me something, Maestro? Oh, okay. I just saw you put on the headphones. I thought maybe there was something to throw in there. But in, in China, there have been several high-profile purges. Right? And uh, what does this mean, these purges? Do these removals of the ministers in the cabinet and the general sign? Are they a signal of weakness or paranoia or something else? Are they even real? China is a very tightly controlled totalitarian nation. One of the reasons they would actually go in and try to annex Taiwan would be to take the, the focus off what's happening inside China. They have ceased issuing reports about their economic performance. They stopped that last August. And they have criminalized the gathering of basic corporate performance data and since that's not available, now anybody wanting to invest and put a business in China has nothing to go by. In this context, everything we see coming out of China should be viewed with some skepticism. I saw this before in, in, in the 80s during the Cold War. We thought the Soviet Union would just roll right through us and just kill every one of us. And then we started finding things out in the, in the 90s about what they would have been, especially after the Berlin Wall came down. For example, we thought the T-72 main battle tank would just, just eliminate us so fast. When in fact, the T-72 had this bad issue, of the, the, these things have automatic loading mechanisms in them. And in the T-72, they had this, this uh, tendency to grab the crewman instead of the next uh, round of ammunition going down, down range and slam the crewman into the, uh, into the breach, which would, of course, kill him. In addition to that, a lot of the Soviet tanks are built with the magazines that they carry their spare ammunition in a spiral formation right under underfoot. Whereas with the uh, M1, for example, it's, it's at the very back of the tank up high. So... Um, that's why they're able to take a, a DJI drone that you can buy for 600 bucks, and in Ukraine they're flying it out there with a grenade and they're just dropping a grenade into the open hatch of the tank and it just goes up in smoke. It just cooks off. So, you know, we thought the Soviet Union was this behemoth, but they, they weren't. So anything that we see coming out of China, we have to view with a little bit of skepticism. Deng Xiaoping, a, he was a hardened revolutionary worker under Mao, and he ran China for most of the 80s, and his strategy was to hide your strength, bide your time. And it paid off when in the wake of the Tiananmen Square massacre in 1989 and the fall of the Soviet Union two years later, uh, the U.S. neglected to revise their Cold War marriage of convenience with China and we gave them most favored nation trading status in 2001, along with uh, getting into the World Trade Organization. But China is a black box by design. Simultaneously weak and strong. They have enormous 
government debt. They have a sluggish economy. They have huge youth unemployment, but they have a shipbuilding capacity 230 times that of us, which has supported a massive expansion of the Navy, a rapid nuclear weapons buildup, and a bunch of uh, you know bellicose rhetoric against Taiwan, Philippines, me, you. Now, Xi Jinping supposedly has purged his defense minister months after his disappearance from the public eye, allegedly for corruption. I don't know how they could not think that would actually happen. <laughs> I don't know that how that could actually happen. Just after the new year, this was linked to a report from a mid-level Chinese military defector that military personnel routinely steal rocket and jet fuel to use for heating food. Jet fuel is basically, it's just, a, it's just a few steps away from actually being kerosene. So you can, if it's still the same sort of aviation fuel we used with, uh, say, the Huey helicopter. We also have heard that many U U.S. intelligence agencies believe many Chinese rockets have had their fuel replaced with water and that the silo hatches don't work. Which, that's a big issue when you're trying to launch an ICBM. That silo hatch has to open. But we don't really know if this was the case. If it has ever been the case, it is, if it is now the case, and how widespread the problem is. There was a time not too long ago in the Chinese uh, People Liberation Army, if you wanted to be part of the chain of command, you haven't no, had enough money, you could just buy yourself some rank. You just walk in there, no military background whatsoever. If you're an oligarch, you could just become a general. Get all the medals, you know. The, the Soviets always kill me with their medals. They, they, the, I, mean, I mean, the communists. They wear their medals. Oh, my God, they wear their medals. And it, they, they always have been very decorated. Very, very decorated. So we don't know. We don't know for sure. It might have been legitimate, the charges of corruption. Or they might have been cashiered over some uh, difference in policy. Maybe they haven't even been removed at all. We've done that before. We played that psychological game. General George S. Patton. After he was relieved from command for slapping two soldiers for cowardice in that field hospital as it's depicted in uh, the George C. Scott film, he was actually put in charge of what was referred to as the 1st United States Army Group which was an entirely fictional command. They used blow-up vehicles and everything and moved them around and so they could fly uh, uh, so they could fly overhead and see all this stuff and gather intelligence. And Patton had a flair for putting on a public display and that showed that the Germans, that what they wanted to see, that the Allies' best generals at the head of a big army at the narrowest spot in the English Channel across from Calais and occupied France. And it helped that the military culture could not conceive of an aggressive, successful general ever being punished for slapping a soldier. And he had to uh, maintain that charade until he was actually put in charge of the very real Third Army, and then he went to town in 1944. So the other thing that, that they do, and, and they're doing it, uh, John Kerry's just a useful idiot when it comes to his uh, dealings with them, when it comes to climate change. China bought a bunch of the American Strategic Petroleum Reserve when, when uh, Biden was selling it off in 2021 and 2022. 
And they were importing large amounts of sanctioned Russian and Iranian oil. So while they seek to convince Kerry, the, the green, useful idiot, uh, they're preparing for war by gathering all this fuel by making the nation largely immune to a cutoff of oil imports through the Strait of Malacca in the event of a war with the U.S. The other thing they do is they try to numb our senses. Some of these things that they're doing, like these, these encroachments towards Taiwan, they're going to keep doing that until Taiwan stops paying attention to it. And then they're going to go. We've seen that before. Egypt tried that in the 1973 Yom Kippur War with Israel. They have managed to capture us as well as some of our uh, American uh, politicians and academia and business and the Foreign Service. They've deadened our senses against them. And, uh, well, so the question becomes, is China weak or not? And that remains to be seen. When we get back, I'm going to change my terminology of what they call climate change, and I'm just going to call it climate tyranny. I will explain why. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Wow, I miss a lot of things on a text line. <laughs> ah, this is this is one of these things you got to be you got to be as aware as a jet pilot flying the space shuttle with the Federation as we head towards the universe far, far away. When you're running a radio show, or you miss a whole bunch of stuff, which is exactly what I just did. But hey. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Um, I, I'm not terrified. I'm not mystified. But I, I'm, I'm puzzled by these idiots who disseminate this theoretical nonsense and calculated myth and disinformation, if you will, when it comes to this whole climate tyranny thing they're trying to foist upon us. And, you know, if you look at things, we got the pronouns, we got the gender, we got the immigration, we got the economy, and we have energy or lack of, and climate tyranny. And energy, by the way, is what makes modern civilization tick, and it's what's made our lifespan go up. Now, if the average planetary temperatures rise another few tenths of a degree, we will be in the apocalypse. It'll be a climate cataclysm thingy, pandelirium, and and this will you know due to using fossil fuels for reliable, affordable energy. You know, there's six thousand vital products that are made out of the raw materials coming from fossil fuel. Fossil fuel has lifted billions out of poverty, disease, and early death. Now, climate alarmism assumes that the climate was stable until coal, or coal, coal oil, gas, and, uh, and, and, and emissions, all that knocked it off kilter. And it would be stable again if we just stopped doing this. But the climate has changed very often, very dramatically, sometimes catastrophically, and always naturally. We've had 
multiple ice ages and interglacial periods, Roman and medieval warm periods, a little ice age, major floods, droughts, dust bowls, all actually happened before fossil fuel. Tornadoes and hurricanes, and they're not getting more frequent or intense. You might argue that Harvey and Irma marked a sudden increase in major hurricanes in 2017, but that's only because after Wilma there would have been a record 12 years of zero Category 3-5 hurricanes, 3-5. to five. We need to ignore the fear-mongering. We need to look at the actual records. I'm getting... <laughs> on the text line, Haley campaign visa cards, $1,000, true or false? Could I get a little more information on that one? What, what, what are we saying? That there are cards you can buy to donate $1,000? Or, or is she giving out $1,000 to get people to vote for her? I mean, if she tried that in New Hampshire, it didn't work out too well. Back to the climate tyranny, though. We, we have to insist that these alarmists actually get out there and quantify what my influence is versus the natural forces for temperature, climate, and, and any other weather event and show when, where, and how human activity replaced the natural force. The only place man-made temperature and climate catastrophes exist is in Michael Mann and other Geigo computer models. That's garbage in, garbage out. And they are worthless for policymaking because they're not actually, they don't put things like actual measurements in. They don't account for the urban heat island effect where they put the temperatures out there and uh, you know take care of all that stuff. And uh, they cannot incorporate the vast scale and complexity of atmospheric, planetary, and galactic forces that determine Earth's climate. In actuality, the problem is cooling. It's cooling. Even a couple of degrees drop in average global uh, temperature would reduce the growing season. The arable land, the plant growth, wildlife habitats, and agricultural output Gaia would be, you know, in, in duress. But they tell us they can prevent this imagined thing from happening because it's imagined because they say we're doing it by switching us to wind, solar, and battery power, and uh, which they're trying to do right now despite the fact that the things that they're saying are going to happen are not happening. Now, if you build a coal, gas, or nuclear power plant, unless the government shuts it down, the plant does uh, provide plentiful, reliable, affordable electricity 24-7, 365 for decades. If you build a massive wind or solar installation, you're going to have to back up every kilowatt with coal, gas, or nuclear power, which means you're still going to have to have those other things, or millions of huge batteries for every windless, sunless period. In, in one in one application, we're actually creating energy, and in the other application, we're trying to capture it. Coal, gas, and nuclear plants can be built close to electricity-intensive urban centers. Can't do that with uh, wind turbines and solar panels. They have to go where there's good wind and, and sunshine. And then you have to run, uh, you know, the uh, International Energy Agency says the world needs 50 million miles of new and upgraded transmission lines by 2040. Which, uh, by the way, would mean we'd have to be able to make 
50 million miles of cable, which would take fossil fuel. This would require millions of tons of iron, copper, aluminum, manganese, cobalt, lithium, concrete, plastics, and numerous other metals and minerals, which is going to have to be mined and raped to earth to get to it. Billions of tons of overlying rock has to be removed to reach billions of tons of ores, which then have to be processed in huge industrial facilities that use mercury and toxic chemicals, and they emit vast quantities of greenhouse gases and toxic pollutants, and they're powered by coal or natural gas. So, no, green energy isn't. It isn't. It is not. So, right now, American residential electricity prices in 2023 range from 10.4 cents per kilowatt hour, Idaho, to 28.4, California. British families paid 47 cents. UK factories and business paid up to three times what their U.S. counterparts did. German families, factories, and businesses are in the same capsizing boat. But they, the leaders of the EU say that these prices have to continue rising to cover the soaring costs of the energy transition. And if they don't, the factories and jobs and emissions will move overseas. But if they do, the families that are actually going to work, they'll just freeze jobless in the dark. So, and net zero, net zero cannot provide sufficient affordable electricity and any other, any other thing that we consider a necessity. Because we have modern industry, we have healthcare, we have living standards, two thirds of America's ruling elites. They want to, you know, ration your food and energy to combat climate change and still retain their anti-capitalism and anti-growth agenda. And it's the same in Europe and Canada. Canada, I mean, Europe is committing slow suicide, but they're going to accelerate. We'll talk about that later. Meanwhile, China, India, Indonesia, they're building hundreds of coal and gas generating units. China is going to build in the next two years as many coal, uh, coal fire generators as we have right now, and they already have more than we have at the moment. And they're going to build more. And they're going to do that to placate the mob because this will help them get their people out of, out of poverty. When we get back, uh, there's a thing happening in Chicago. We're going to talk to congressional candidate Chad Copey. Find out what's going on as uh, Americans in uh, Chicago are starting to push back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Try to get our guy on the line. Looking at the, I was just listening to the news. Well, GS Plumbing Talk Line, 1 800 905 Listening to the news. So, this is how dumb our General Assembly is. Because apparently they believe that if there's a shooting, that a lot of us are just going to stand around and uh, we're going to have our weapons out. We're going to be like, who do I get to shoot? Who do I get? And then the cops are going to show up. They're going to be like, okay, show of hands. Who's the bad guys? Who's the good guys? That's the way that's going to work. It works that way everywhere else known to man. Said nobody ever. This is the part where I, I, you know, I don't understand why uh, they get out there. And I mean, it's the same thing. uh, We we keep hearing this. We've heard this for 27 or 28 other states where they say, if we have this, there's going to be blood in the streets. That's old. 
Hadn't happened yet. Happened. It hasn't happened with the concealed carry permit holders yet. Okay. So that's my thoughts on that. Well, I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. Joining me now, he is uh, running for the 7th District uh, for, for U.S. Congress in Illinois. His name is Chad Copey. Good morning, sir. Good morning. So it, you, you were, you, you've got this thing out there where you're looking at things, and black America, as they live in Chicago, they're beginning to sort of get a little resentful for the way the leftist government is running things there. Tell me a little bit about what they are resenting, because they've been voting for it for a while. Well, they're being... Uh pushed aside in other words uh the good life is is getting handed uh given over to the immigrants and they're, they're getting pushed aside even uh consideration that the, the, the immigrants should move into the schools and and the children moved out that type of thing and, and they're really disenchanted with the democratic party uh so i don't uh, know what is really going to come down from it except that now the mayor uh, of Chicago has uh, caused a uh, ban on new buses coming into Chicago, and of course now what they do is just dump them out on the uh, on the suburbs close to Chicago. So anyhow, uh, the, the disenchantment with the black community associated with the Democratic Party in, in the Chicago area is, is is it's acute. It's it's happening. Now, how much is that now? For, for a very long time, I guess the upper crust of Chicago sort of ignored this because it was mainly happening in one geographic area of the, quote, inner city, end quote. But now that has begun to, uh, that's begun to spread out and get into the, into the beautiful parts of town, hasn't it? It is. And, uh, but the, the other thing about it, too, is, is uh, a lot of the, people in, that are being shipped up here they they're being left out in the cold too so it's not working out just too good for either which side except for the the attempt keeps keeps coming and the border crossing keeps happening what is there something like thousands of people coming across each day what do we got 22 million uh, illegals in this country now and uh, the presidential uh, candidate Donald J. Trump says he's going to deport them all. That's going to be a big job. How are we going to get that done? But I guess that's possible. Well, you and know, Eisenhower other, did it. Yeah. And, and and the other, there's another bad as, aspect about this border crossing. Uh, the vast majority of the people that are coming across are young men, uh, 18 to 40 years old. And one of them even, even reported to a, a reporter the other day, he said to, who he just openly said, you just wait and see what we're going to do. And then here comes our senator, Dick, Dick Durbin, and he says what we'll do is uh, impress these people into the military and, and offer them uh, amnesty and citizenship if they'll serve well in our military. Not a good, no, not, no, not good. Not good at all, not good at all. The other thing is, uh, you know, and, and uh, I'm going to talk about this later on, this is largely what Europe had to do. Well, they didn't have to do it. This is what they're doing. Europe has opened up their borders. And uh, right now, Germany, very shortly, they're going to have 76 million Islamists in Europe. 76 million. Wow. And so, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to comprehend what's going on across the uh, the entire spectrum. I mean, you talk about the World Economic Forum and Charles Schwab and 
and uh, all those girls that are in uh, Davos, Switzerland right now, and the, the entertaining uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, elites, you know. Uh, it's just rot. The rot is so deep everywhere you can't even imagine what's going on around the world and especially in this country. The thing, the thing though, is I wonder about the motive. What is the motive behind this? Because like with what they're doing with Chicago, right? What they're doing with Chicago with all of these people. Now, black America in Chicago, most of black America would just like to live and let live, wouldn't they? That's what, the, that's what they would like to do. I'm certain about that. Of course, right. there's some bad... Bad apples in every group, but uh, and and giving a bad name to uh, the rest of the community. But uh, I can tell you this: when I was out canvassing for uh, signatures to get on the ballot, which happened, I can tell you who it, who the vast majority of the people that signed my my uh, 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 what do you call it the uh, petition? signature page? Yeah, the petition were black women. Well, that's because uh, they're, they're, black women are—they uh, are a segment of two big demographics. They are the most attacked segment in U.S. society, and they're also the biggest segment of people buying guns to defend against being attacked by crime in U.S. society. So they are—they—they—they uh, they, they seem to be very aware of what's going on in their communities. Yes, and I don't. I don't want to bring this one up, but I will. And the black women are fully aware of the fact that the abortion situation is is targeted is, uh, targeting the black women. Yeah, and there's there's more black women. Percentage wise, there's more black women having uh, abortions than any other uh, segment of society. Absolutely, and, uh, and, and I mean when they get out there, this is this that's the part I love the most because they get out there and they want to make it about white cops killing black people, except. Abortion has killed more black people than anything I can actually look at and say this this beats that this number beats that number. And that's done by white Democrats. That's done by eugenics. That's Margaret Sanger's stuff right there. Margaret Sanger, yes, sir. That's where it started. So and they're beginning yeah. to turn. They're beginning to turn on their mindset, aren't they? They're beginning to look at it and then they're, they're, I, I guess finally get past it. Which, if that's happening in Chicago. That's 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 got to be that's got to be massive. That's a massive movement. Yeah, well, Chicago is a world class city. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, what happens what happens in Chicago is is very important as far as the uh, entire uh, population of the world is concerned. Well, I would hope so, but it it would be much better off if they actually uh, got away from that one party government nonsense that they've got in place right now. That would be a good idea. But anyway, uh, Chad, I'm running out of time. I will be in touch with you. Chad Copey is running for the 7th District in for Congress in Chicago, right outside in Illinois. And uh, I hope he wins just because that would be a nice thing to do. We're going to go to the text line. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Name that tune. <laughs> Name the artist. You know who the artist is, Maestro? <laughs> no, but I know the song. Okay. It's uh, uh, Maniac. Yes, it is. What, <laughs> what, what movie is it from? Ooh. Uh, Demerits will be given out later. 
I want to say Uncle Buck, but that's not no, true. No, no, no. It was that. It was called Flashdance. That was a good guess, though, right? No, it had nothing. Uh, Flashdance had Jennifer Beals when she was young and nubile and everything else. Oh, and Uncle Buck had John Candy. Yeah, John Candy. I miss uh, John Candy. Very big difference between those two. Yeah. I just, uh, At least just on the very superficial visual 80s movies part. that I could think of is yeah. uh, Uncle Buck is the first one that came to mind. I got you. Understood. Understood. I understand. Looking at the text line, and uh, listen, I, you know, one thing that I have refrained from doing here is I've refrained from getting completely into my wheelhouse. I sort of flirt with it on 2A Tuesday, but I haven't gotten completely into it simply because I didn't know if that's what you wanted to do, because some of you don't like it that much. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw off all restrictions, and I'm going to go after all of our local state political yahoos that hold office, and I'm going to get them to try to explain to me why on earth they're so ignorant when it comes to something that has reams of empirical data to back up certain points. We have, what, 27 states that have permitless carry in the United States today. You can call it constitutional carry if you want to, but see, here's the thing. I call it permitless simply because there is no law. There is, you know, the, the, your right to self-defense predates the nation. It has nothing to do with anything on any piece of paper, the Bill of Rights, any of that stuff. If the Bill of Rights goes away tomorrow, you still have a right to self-defense because you were born. Now, I was listening to some of the stuff and some of these politicians and some of these LEO, uh, and not the rank-and-file LEO, but, you know, the guys that are in charge of it because they're politicians in some cases. They're, they're talking about the lack of training that you would not have with, if we became a permitless carry uh, member of uh, the, the United States when it comes to carrying a gun. Uh, the South Carolina concealed carry permit is, uh, I don't know if it's, when I took the class, it was eight hours long. And most of it was classroom stuff to tell you where you could not carry a gun, trying to give you, trying to insert a mindset into you, which cannot be done in a classroom about uh, what's going to happen if you shoot somebody, uh, what you, how you're going to have to try to read the situation, those kind of things. Trying to shoehorn all of this into eight hours in a classroom is a fool's errand, but those are the requirements. Then there's the trigger time that you go along with. And this is a 50 round qualification course where you're seven yards away from a target that at that distance, it looks like the back end of a station wagon. And all you have to do is put the rounds in the black. I've never seen anybody not qualify for this. I have seen some genuine shooters get out there and just obliterate the center. I've seen other people get out there and they're so afraid of their gun. They're, uh, you know, they, they, they can't really do anything with it because they're just, just so fearful training if you go training and your can of ammo doesn't weigh 30 pounds, you're not training. We're talking 500 rounds in a session. I've done some training where I did 1,500 rounds in a weekend. That's training. It's not 50. It's not a box of ammo. A box of ammo is, uh, it, it, to put it in the terms of like a, a flight, this is you taxiing onto the runway and never taking off. 50 rounds of ammo. That's what that is. You're not training. You're not training. Now, the thing that irritates me the most about this state, this state is seen to be just deep blue or deep red, crimson red, and we've got a bunch of ignorant politicians, or they're bought, or they're stupid, or they're just plain evil. And I don't know if they, and it's probably a combination of all those things. 
Law enforcement, I will back you to the 10th degree. You know, I will go as far as I can with you. You have no business getting involved in the lawmaking process. Your job is to make sure those laws are enforced. You can get out there and have your opinion. Of course, that's that's all part of something good. But you don't get any more of a sway on the things than, say, I do, simply because you got a badge and you're in charge of a municipal police department somewhere, whether you've got a population of a million or 15. You don't. Because the fact remains of this. The average response time for a police or on, a, on a 911 call, this is before all of this other nonsense started with defunding the police and everything, 11.11 .11 minutes. In 11.11 .11 minutes, I if I'm a bad guy, I can go into a place, kill everybody in the place, find everything I want to find, get in my car, change the license tag, get on my way, and be gone out of the grid square before the police get there. In 11.11 .11 minutes, I can do that. Because those things move pretty fast. And until you figure out how to prevent crime, which that's never going to happen. Until you figure out how to prevent crime, the only thing that is possible for regular citizens, regular good law-abiding people, American citizens, to take care of themselves would be to have a weapon. Because most of us only exist in that MMA uh, competency level for a brief Polaroid snapshot of our lives. And then things move on. So I really, I'm really getting tired of the, uh, this whole notion that South Carolina is too stupid to handle permitless carry. I went through that with Larry Martin, and now we're going through that with a whole litany of the Senate. The Senate is where this goes to die. The Senate is where this goes to die, and that's where I'm going to focus my ire on the South Carolina State Senate. I'm going to get as many of them on here as I can. We're going to get them on air, and I'm simply going to ask them, what is their problem with it? And when they start explaining it, when I take them apart at the seams, just remember, I didn't want it to go this way. I didn't want it to go this way. But if a politician can't look at you and say it's okay for you to be armed, they're not conservative. They're not, they're not for liberty. That's a good litmus test to look at when you're considering things. As I was just mentioning to, uh, to Chad there, Europe is submerging now. It's being submerged into something else. All in the name of replacement theory. That when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.